Section 4 of The Little Angel and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Little Angel and Other Stories by Leonid Nikolaevich Andreev. Translated by W. H. Lowe. The Little Angel, Part 3. His mother was asleep worn out with a whole day's work and vodka drinking. In the little room behind the partition there stood a small cooking lamp burning on the table, its feeble yellow light with difficulty penetrating the sooty glass through a strange shadow over the faces of Sashka and his father. "'Is it not pretty?' asked Sashka in a whisper holding the little angel at a distance from his father, so as not to allow him to touch it. "'Yes, there is something most remarkable about him,' whispered the father, gazing thoughtfully at the toy. And his face expressed the same concentrated attention and delight as did Sashka's. "'Look, he is going to fly.' "'I see it too,' replied Sashka in an ecstasy think I'm blind? But look at his little wings. Ah, oh, don't touch. The father withdrew his hand, and with troubled eyes studied the details of the little angel, while Sashka whispered with the air of a pedagogue. Father, what a bad habit you have of touching everything. You might break it. There fell upon the wall the shadows of two grotesque, motionless heads bending towards one another, one big and shaggy, the other small and round. Within the big head, strange, torturing thoughts, though at the same time full of delight, were seething. His eyes unblinkingly regarded the little angel and under his steadfast gaze it seemed to grow larger and brighter, and it wings to tremble with a noiseless trepidation, and all the surroundings, the timber-built, soot-stained wall, the dirty table, Sashka, everything became fused into one level gray mass without light or shade, it seemed to the broken man that he heard a pitying voice from the world of wonders wherein once he had dwelt, and whence he had been cast out forever. There they knew nothing of dirt, of weary quarreling, of the blindly cruel strife of egotism. There they knew nothing of the tortures of a man arrested in the streets with callous laughter and beaten by the rough hand of the night watchman. There everything is pure, joyful, bright, and all this purity found an asylum in the soul of her whom he loved more than life and had lost. When he had kept his hold upon his own useless life. With the smell of wax which emanated from the toy was mingled a subtle aroma, and it seemed to the broken man that her dear fingers touched the angel, 
those fingers which he would fain have caressed in one long kiss till death should close his lips forever this was why the little toy was so beautiful this was why there was in it something specially attractive which defied description the little angel had descended from that haven which her soul was to him and had brought a ray of light into the damp room steeped in sulphurous fumes and to the dark soul of the man from whom had been taken all love and happiness and life on a level with the eyes of the man who had lived his life sparkled the eyes of the boy who was beginning his life and embraced the little angel in their caress for them present and future had disappeared the ever sorrowful piteous father the rough unendurable mother the black darkness of insults of cruelty of humiliation and of spiteful grief the thoughts of sashka were formless nebulous but all the more deeply for that did they move his agitated soul everything that is good and bright in the world all profound grief and the hope of a soul that sighs for god the little angel absorbed them all into himself and that was why he glowed with such a soft divine radiance that was why his little dragonfly wings trembled with a noiseless trepidation the father and son did not look at one another their sick hearts grieved wept and rejoiced apart but there was a something in their thoughts which fused their hearts in one and annihilated that bottomless abyss which separates man from man and makes him so lonely unhappy and weak the father with an unconscious motion put his arm around the neck of his son and the son's head rested equally without conscious volition upon his father's consumptive chest she it was who gave it to thee was it not whispered the father without taking his eyes off the little angel at another time sashka would have replied with a rude negation but now the only reply possible resounded of itself within his soul and he calmly pronounced the pious fraud who else of course she did the father made no reply and sashka relapsed into silence something grated in the adjoining room then clicked and then was silent for a moment and then noisily and hurriedly the clock struck one two three sashka do you ever dream asked the father in a meditative tone now uh, yes he admitted once i had one in which i fell down from the roof we were climbing after the pigeons and i fell down 
But I dream always. Strange things are dreams. One sees the whole past. One loves and suffers as though it were a reality. Again he was silent, and Sashka felt his arm tremble as it lay upon his neck. The trembling and pressure of his father's arm became stronger and stronger, and the sensitive silence of the night was all at once broken by the pitiful sobbing sound of suppressed weeping. Sashka sternly puckered his brow, and cautiously, so as not to disturb the heavy trembling arm, wiped away a tear from his eyes. So strange was it to see a big old man crying. Oh, Sashka, Sashka, sobbed the father. What is the meaning of everything? Why, what's the matter? sternly whispered Sashka. You are crying just like a little boy. Well, I won't then, said the father with a piteous smile of excuse. What's the good? Fyaktista Petrovna turned on her bed. She sighed, cleared her throat, and mumbled incoherent sounds in a loud and strangely persistent manner. It was time to go to bed, but before doing so, the little angel must be disposed of for the night. He could not be left on the floor, so he was hung up by his string, which was fastened to the flue of the stove. There it stood out accurately delineated against the white Dutch tiles, and so they could both see him, Sashka and his father. Hurriedly throwing into a corner the various rags on which he was in the habit of sleeping, Sashka lay down on his back, in order as quickly as possible to look again at the little angel. "'Why don't you undress?' asked his father, as he shivered and wrapped himself up in his tattered blanket, and arranged his clothes, which he had thrown over his feet. "'What's the good? I shall soon be up again.' Sashka wished to add that he did not care to go to sleep at all, but he had no time to do so, since he fell to sleep as suddenly as though he had sunk to the bottom of a deep swift river. His father presently fell asleep too, and gentle sleep and restfulness lay upon the weary face of the man who had lived his life, and upon the brave face of the little man who was just beginning his life. But the little angel, hanging by the hot stove, began to melt. The lamp, which had been left burning at the entreaty of Sashka, filled the room with the smell of kerosene, and through its smoked glass threw a melancholy light upon a scene of gradual dissolution the little angel seemed to stir. Over his rosy fingers there rolled thick drops which fell upon the bench. To the smell of kerosene, 
was added the stifling scent of melting wax. The little angel gave a tremble, as though on the point of flight, and fell with a soft thud upon the hot flags. An inquisitive cockroach singed its wings as it ran round the formless lump of melted wax, climbed up the dragonfly wings, and, twitching its feelers, went on its way. Through the curtained window the grey-blue light of coming day crept in, and the frozen water-carrier was already making a noise in the courtyard with his iron scoop. End of the Little Angel by Leonid Andreev Read by Mark Chulsky, Massachusetts